Welcome back, loyal listeners. Welcome, new listeners, to Runkle Recaps Season 5, Episode 23 of How I Met Your Podcast, The Wedding Bride. And with me is the person who I had to give love a roundhouse kick in the heart to win over my podcast and wedding bride partner, Jen Runkle. Hello. I mean, I appreciate you didn't go for the obvious, like, my wedding bride. That's, that's what I was going to do. I was like, no, I could do better. <laughs> Very creative. All right. Are you ready to have some fun? Oh, I'm ready. I mean, are you really ready to have some fun? No, I'm just saying I'm ready to have fun. <laughs> What's that, Seinfeld? Yeah, that is. <laughs> I love that somehow I just know quotes and then don't even remember what they're from. <laughs> well, everything's going well here in Runkleland. As Indeed. we mentioned, we booked some, uh, some tickets to a trip in Maui. Did they mention Maui in this episode? I feel like they yes. did. Yeah. Um, the first... Girl he's on a date with is booking a trip to Oh, Maui that's with right, ex. with her ex. Okay. Um, and then tomorrow we're going to finalize plans to have a bunch of our, our house redecorated and uh, meeting with a contractor. So, hooray! Exciting things coming soon. I'm very excited. We've been painted this house in the six years we've lived here. It's going to be a whole new look. Very excited. Yeah. This episode was as good as I remembered. <laughs> yes. So many great moments, so many great cameos. Yeah, it was just packed full of really excellent <laughs> people. And it was just perfectly constructed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, this is How I Met Your Mother at its best with, like, yeah, the, the storylines folding in on each other, the symmetry. Part of me is sad not to have this out in front of us anymore and have it behind <laughs> us instead. all downhill. So this is going to be our first two-hour-long podcast because <laughs> I really want to savor this, as it were. He's savoring. Hmm. That is 30 Rock. Simpsons. I think 30 Rock, too, when um, uh, in 30 Rock, Lutz is eating his sandwich slowly. Oh, like, He's you're savoring. Right. Get him. <laughs> you're right. It is both. <laughs> when was it in The Simpsons? Oh, I can't remember anymore. It sounds sort of familiar when you said it, but I'm going to 30 Rock in my head first. I feel like it's Martin, like Martin's doing the savoring. I don't know if Nelson's calling him out. I can't remember. So the, this starts off with the narrator talking about how everyone has baggage. Do we have baggage? Did we have baggage? I, I, say, I don't know what you're talking about. I was divorced. Is that baggage? I think it was lo- far enough behind me that it wasn't anymore. It was only a few years, which is like very funny it to me. It felt too. much longer. Yeah. Because when we started dating, like I knew it, but it didn't seem like it was that recent. But it was, what, only like... Maybe two or three years. And you were engaged before we got serious, so that was <laughs> bad. That didn't even feel like baggage either, though. That was, that was some baggage, because, yeah, you met me as I was basically rebuilding. True. Do I so, have any other baggage? I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's boatloads of baggage sitting next to me on the couch. You have, you have some trauma from your past, but nothing worth bringing up on the podcast. <laughs> right. We're not going to talk about that. Um, I have no, yeah, I have no trauma. I Show worry. off. I had a very happy childhood. Ted starts to launch into some examples of women he's met with baggage. One he's walking down the street with, as we just described, and she gets a phone call. It's her ex-boyfriend. They're trying to remain friends. And, and she takes it, which is, you know, red flag number one. Yeah, and then calls him Pumpkin. <laughs> Did you get our tickets to Maui? <laughs> and so then we have, um, like, a suitcase appear, the baggage, as you will. 
that says in love, still in love with her ex. And then we get to Royce next. And Royce is played by Judy Greer, famous best friend in a movie actress. Isn't her book called something like that? Like, I don't know what you know me from? Or is that somebody else? Uh, maybe. I don't, th- I don't know. But she's actually, you know, best friend in 27 Dresses, best friend in The Wedding Bride. Not The Wedding Bride. <laughs> the, wedding, the Wedding Planner. Oh, 13 going on 30? And 13 and going on 30. Yeah, so she's often the best friend. But you might also know her from some more serious roles, like in The Descendant. She, was, she had a humorous role in Arrested Development. <laughs> oh, yeah. And on and on it goes. She's, I looked at her IMDb credits, and there was 157 credits. Oh, wow. Yeah, she's been doing a lot of stuff. And she's great in this. She doesn't have a lot of heavy lifting to do in this episode. She plays it more straight, but she's still good. Right. Yeah, it's still good. And I actually completely forgot the ending of this, where I was like, oh, I wonder why they, those two didn't, like, <laughs> like, she would have been a good character to have on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the end hit. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get to that, because that was, that's a good, that was a good scene. So Ted's telling the gang and the Clarence, blah, 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 they're very happy together, but the problem is... He doesn't know. There's going to be a but. He doesn't know what it is. And it's kind of stressing him out for some reason. Yeah, you know, for Bar- the first time. Barty wants to know if it's when she turns 30, <laughs> which is a common theme from Barty, the age right. 30. And he says that whenever he finds out what her baggage is, it's going to be over. It's out there waiting for him. So and I guess he we was were, right. <laughs> we were just watching a Sex in the City about this, how right. we're on the beginning of the Aiden years, mm-hmm. and she's too happy in her relationship with Aiden. It's freaking her out and she's stressed yeah. over it. Waiting for something to happen or yeah. some shoe to drop. Or... Exactly. Barney worries that he's impugning emotional baggage, which is the bedrock of the porn industry. <laughs> you skipped over the good joke. No, no. I'm getting there. He goes, he, he further pontificates that the only woman with major baggage go into porn. Major, major baggage? baggage. <laughs> Robin encourages Ted to just, you know, let it go. Like, everybody has baggage. It'll be fine. Ted points out the last time he overlooked baggage was with a girl named Stella, and we remember how that worked out. And then Ooh, we get a... Foreshadowing here. Yeah, it's foreshadowing, then we get a recap of the whole Stella episode. Obviously, there's a, obviously there's a major reason for this recap. Major, major reason. reason. Uh, so, I mean, what's he calling Stella's baggage? Like, that she was a single mom? Like, there was really... I mean... That she'd never gotten over her relationship with Tony. But I don't think he knew that at the time. He had no idea of it, and neither did we, and it seemed like neither did she until the wedding. So, yeah, it, it snuck up us on, on us. They sort of cheated in that yeah. storyline a little bit, but that was her baggage. Right, but he's saying he looked past it, so, I don't know. Calling yeah. shenanigans. That's true. They're cheating here a little bit, too. The group goes over what uh, Marshall's baggage is. Someone says... He agrees that he has great-grandmother issues, but Robin said his baggage is he's too nice. <laughs> Marshall questions this, and <laughs> Robin responds with, Have you ever seen you walk down the street? I don't even know how to answer that. <laughs> and then, then laugh really yeah, hard. Then we, then we get a visual of it of him bebopping down the street, saying hi to everybody he passes by their first name. He knows everyone. He helps out a guy named Dang with his bicycle tire, and then he comes up upon a group of guys breakdancing and is sort of invited to participate and shies away at first and says, okay, and then he goes into a windmill. 
Now, where was this when people were dancing around him? <laughs> I would not be complaining about his, his dance skills if he had been able to do this in season one. I guess they didn't have the stunt dancer available that day. <laughs> Barney thinks there's only one street that's normal. <laughs> A giant yellow bird lives on it. Ted hopes that is Royce's only baggage. But Barney thinks that's the worst kind of baggage. Best baggage hates her dad, thinks she's fat, but isn't. (laughs) And then Barney finishes that story and then asks, why do you guys hang out with me? (laughs) So we we cut to Ted on a date with Royce. He's, I guess he's made her spaghetti. She wants to know if that's a specialty. He says his main event is pancakes. They are insane. Now, this is the first time we're hearing of Ted's pancakes. Right. And, we've heard of Lily's breakfast. And really, how do you make pancakes taste insanely good? I guess I toppings, know. but... Extra vanilla? I don't know. I'm dubious. Yeah. Good point. Then we get some fun wordplay with Royce. Right. Ted's completely on edge, wondering what her baggage is. So every piece of everything that she says, he immediately leaps to the worst conclusion. Yeah, her dad used to make multigrain pancakes. He's the one that got her into porn. Which, to be fair, I mean, that Ted didn't look too far into that. Yeah. Parents <laughs> Offering Recreation and Nutrition is the name of the organization she's involved with. No group would settle on <laughs> porn as their acronym. I was going to say, as somebody who's worked for a very long time for nonprofits, that's not going to be a thing. <laughs> And then, and so as you know, Ted's wondering what the baggage will be. There's like these little suitcases that appear next to her with labels right. on them. So the one, yeah, worked in porn, you know, appears and then disappears when she finishes her story. She killed her brother, and then she takes a sip <laughs> with this joke, and then he's relieved again. And then a barber, a stripper, and a Jew sip. <laughs> wait, and then doesn't the baggage pop up that says, wait for the the rest of this before you judge or something Yeah, it says, like that. Ted, wait for her to finish her sip. <laughs> Juilliard trained violinist walked into a bar. Yeah, we never got the end of the joke. So, Ted, you know, doesn't find any baggage. He seems like there's nothing to worry about. Until they went to go see a movie. <laughs> and so we get the title card, The Wedding Bride, a film by Tony Graffinello. And then Ted says, oh no. <laughs> We cut away. We cut right to McLaren's. It's Robin, Marshall, and Lily all meeting up. Yeah. Robin wants to know what took them so long. Lily says that they, they were walking there, and Marshall wanted to stop and help some guys load, load their moving van. To be nice. Didn't cost nothing. <laughs> Such a great delivery. <laughs> it turns out that once they're done, who should show up with the owner of the apartment they had just helped some guys rob? That was hard to explain to the police. And Robin points out to Marshall, see, this is what she means by him being too nice. He can't treat New York City like the crimeless Minnesota. She goes on a lot further than that. I won't right. go into the whole line. And Marshall's crime-free, crime-free, points out that in 1994 there was a, a robbing of a feed store that was held up by Hopepoint. <laughs> Do you remember, I, were you there when I said that to my Aunt Phyllis when she yes. was oh my gosh. visiting a while back? And <laughs> right. She was talking about how Minneapolis isn't, Hickville, it's it's very urban. Ooh, right. And then I jumped in with that line. Yeah, yeah the other day a feed store got held up by O Point, and she <laughs> really didn't understand what I was saying. <laughs> She's like, "It's what? Minneapolis." No, no, no. She just didn't understand the joke at all. Well, no, of course not. Nobody understands our quotes except now, for us. <laughs> now I like the transition here of 
Billy trying to support Marshall as he's, <laughs> right. he's leaving the booth. She goes, no, don't change, baby. I think it's sweet, sweet, sweet mother of God. He's an idiot sometimes. <laughs> he lent the burglars money, not borrowed, or not gave them money, lent the money. And gave them an address. Yeah, so they could write a check. Robin wants to know why she doesn't say something to him. Lily says, what's the point? He's from Minnesota. His high school mascot was a hug. <laughs> I wonder if that's true. <laughs> I and, can't even... And like, how would that represent being yeah, represented in I a costume? I can't picture like that actual yeah, mascot costume. Ted enters. They I'm picturing to it as a cloud. I don't know why. That is weird. Maybe you're going to have a stroke. <laughs> no. Uh, Ted enters. They want to know how the date with Royce went. And he told them that he went to see the new movie, The Wedding Bride, and they want to know how it was. Yeah, Marshall's and, very excited. Yeah, he's, you know, I mean, it's a chick flick. This one's probably going to drag me to it. This goes on and on for a little while. Right. And Robin wants to know what it's about. Ted says that's an interesting thing. And so then we, we cut, cut to the, to the movie. <laughs> and we get Chris Kattan there playing Jed Mosley. Um... Chris Kattan, famous, really from Saturday Night Live and not much else. He had a few movies right. after Saturday Night Live. I'm not sure what he's been doing lately. I didn't even try and look it up. I feel like I heard something, like, not entertainment-related at all, but, like, somebody in some town, like, left their husband for him, and it was, like, big news. And I don't know where I heard this, and I did not look up if it was true, but it was just, like, some random thing I heard in a Facebook group or something. Was it Malin Ackerman? <laughs> <laughs> Did she finally go back? <laughs> Can do. So that's the only thing I've heard of Chris Kattan, probably since this episode came out. Yeah, he was great on Saturday Night Live. He had a lot of really memorable characters, mm-hmm. but it just never seemed to translate for him when he left. Right. I mean, did he do movies outside of like Saturday Night Live themed movies? He did one, yeah, where his family was like. Mobsters, and he wasn't, but he had to help them out somehow. Oh yeah, but and like it, goofy. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't do much, and I don't. Like I can't think trying of anything to be else. like the new Adam Sandler or something, just with like really goofy con- concepts. For I feel like more likely he was trying to be the new Dana Carvey, who also didn't have much of a movie career when he left. Right. I'd say. I mean, they they might be easily in the top two of maybe five you could name of. People that made huge contributions to Saturday Night Live, but then did, didn't it didn't translate into a much of a career afterwards. So Dana Carvey would be one of them. I mean, he had outside of the Wayne Wayne's World hits and maybe oh yeah, he, he really didn't have much. And he's got a podcast that I listen to that him and David Spade host, and they mostly talk to their guests about Saturday Night Live and their times on Saturday Night Live. Most of the guests are former Saturday Night Live players. I have a question for you. Yeah. Is there a celebrity podcast you do not listen to? Plenty. But (laughs) I'll make a top ten list of ones I don't listen to. Well, how will you know how to rank them? And Dana Carvey does joke about his career post-Saturday Night Live. He makes tons of money doing stand-up and traveling and doing stand-up. Oh, he still does? Yeah, he he can fill, not stadiums, but arenas. Not arenas. Wait, arenas are bigger than stadiums. No, stadiums are bigger than arenas. Okay, well, he can... Whatever the smaller of those two, he can fill. <laughs> um, and the podcast is really good. So, yeah, those... Chris Kattan, Dana Carvey, who else would you say was really hot on Saturday Live and then didn't do much after that? Actually, those that lived, I would say. Joe Piscopo. You're a little young to know much about Joe Piscopo, but he was huge on Don't Saturday Night Live, but he was mostly sort of the... Eddie Murphy's sidekick on Saturday Night Live, so... Okay. 
without Eddie Murphy to kind of pull him along, there wasn't as much for him to do. Who else? Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, you know, who was big in, like, the 90s. It's obviously, yeah, like, Will Ferrell went on. Anna Gasteyer. Yeah, I was thinking about I would say her. she was amazing on it and then didn't have much going on afterwards. She'd, I think she guests all the time on things, mm-hmm. but never got her own thing, really. Molly Shannon, maybe, too. Now, she's in a lot of shows here and there. Right. But I, I, she's also someone else I felt like, oh, you know what? Sherry O'Terry. She's got to be top five. Yeah. She was, I... she was one of the best in her time on Saturday Night Live. Wait, who did you say first? Chris Kattan. Dana Carvey. Right, after that. Um, or no. Anna Gasteyer. Molly Shannon. I think in my head I was confusing Sherry O'Terry and Anna Gasteyer. Yeah, Sherry O'Terry is probably even bigger than Anna Gasteyer was on the show and had less of a career. Right. I think she might be in a show right now, though. There's so many shows out there right now, it's hard to... When you've got that kind of talent, it's hard not to get placed in something. Right, that's true. So we kick off the movie scene with... Jed Mosley. <laughs> Announcing himself. <laughs> he bonehead. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of exposition. <laughs> yeah. Explanations about why he's the worst. I'm the most powerful and corrupt architect in New York. I, ah, spills coffee on himself. That's going to leave a mark. Which is actually a Chris Farley line. Oh, yeah, you're Kept right. Kept saying that in Tommy Boy. That's going <laughs> to leave a mark. Right. Ted says it's about him. And, you know, they kind of question that. Uh, Marshall thinks Spaceballs was about him. And then he points out it was written by Tony Graffinello, who is the man who took Stella away from him on his wedding day. And the movie is the story of their breakup. Robin wonders why he would write a movie about that. Isn't he the bad guy in that story? And Ted's like, that's how I remember it, too, but not according to the movie. Right. And then we go back to the movie, and we have... um, Mr. Mosley, the secretary for Jed Mosley, saying his fiance is there. And he says, great, the old ball and chain. I can't wait to make her move out of her beautiful house in New Jersey and come live with me in an apartment above a bar. Which, you know, valid point, Tony. Yeah. Some of the stuff he takes from the real story, you can kind of keep in as is. Because as we agreed afterwards, Ted sort of deserved not to have Stella in the end. Right. He wasn't that great to her. Right. But that being said, then they take a lot of things that were that were that he did well and turn them into and, evil things. Right. So Stella comes in, she's played by Malin Ackerman. Malin Ackerman famous for the comeback, the movie Watchmen. She was even a bigger role than Judy Greer in Twenty Seven Dresses. Yeah. And those were all before she was on this episode of How I Met Your Mother. Probably? I can't no, remember I, I when. Oh, okay. I was that wasn't I can't a question. I really remember when 27 Dresses was. Yeah, that wasn't a question. That was a statement. Gotcha. So she had a pretty big resume before she came on this episode for mm-hmm. the cameo. I sort of felt like Malin Ackerman was lining herself up to be the new Cameron Diaz. Sort of similar types, similar skills, but I, I don't think that worked out for her as well as it did for Cameron Diaz. Hmm. Yeah, I don't see that, but... (laughs) Maybe I'm just lumping them together because they're tall, thin, pretty blondes. Perhaps. That sort of had those burgeoning careers all at once. Yeah. But I think Cameron Diaz has kept going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't think of anything Malin Ackerman's been in in a while. No. Again, I'm sure there's stuff, but... 
not stuff we've seen. Right. So she says they're supposed to taste wedding cakes this afternoon. And we get the first, no Ken Doosville baby doll. And then he falls over. <laughs> no, he puts um, red cowboy boots up on the desk. That's right. And then falls over in his chair. Boy, Stella fed Tony a lot of information about Ted. I'm surprised Stella even knows about the red cowboy boots. I was Ted they just wearing there them a around. while. I mean, they were in his closet. She probably was in there once or twice. <laughs> Maybe. We cut back to the bar. Marshall wants to know if this is what passes for comedy. He's falling over, and then he feigns like he's going to fall back in, ch- in his chair. Actually, he does. And he's like, oh, that was funny. <laughs> Robin wants to know if he got someone hot to play her. Ted says she's not in it. Which confirms that he's a jerk to Robin. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Tony's not a jerk. Not according to the movie, anyway. So we cut back to the movie. And we have the Stella character talking to the movie version of Tony, who's played by Jason Lewis, the the tall, handsome, blonde from uh, Sex in the City. The one that ended up moving to California with Samantha. And he's really not known for much else. I think he was just a model for a long time. He is very then, good looking, though. Yeah, <laughs> and then got into a few acting roles. Although I, I will say the karate gi doesn't do much for him. That's true. Even his looks can't overcome the karate gi. I was looking at his face. So we have the scene between Stella and Tony where she tells him that he's gonna, she's going to go through with the wedding. <laughs> Tony is very benevolent. Your happiness is the only thing I care about, except for these underprivileged children that I work with for free. As he puts his arm around them. And then we get the, fir- or the second of many audience, aww. aww. The first one was when he wouldn't go wedding cake tasting with her. Right. She, she kind of like looks at the camera. And, and everyone goes, aww. Yeah. And then after that moment, Royce kind of like says to herself, I love him. <laughs> Stella goes on that it's not that easy, Tony. Jed Mosley may not be as handsome as you are, as tall as you are. <laughs> Ted, I'm taller than that guy. <laughs> and we get a very sick comedy. She's not really hearing what he's saying. Right. And for that matter, Royce isn't hearing the fact that the name... Jed Mosley sounds right. a lot like Ted Mosby. Right. And so she's missing a lot of things that are going on here. Maybe she doesn't know his last name. They haven't been dating that long. Could be. But yeah, it's, yeah as these lines are coming out of the movie, Ted's kind of like responding <laughs> to Yeah, them. falling asleep during sex. He was on cold medicine. Royce does kind of hear that one. What? He Nothing. Just, yeah, brushes it away. But that keeps going on. Right. So Ted... You know, tells the gang that... It's a terrible movie, and it got everything wrong. Now, remember that line, because that's the turnaround for Barney. (laughs) Right. Uh, So he talks about, you know, the proposal that he did for Stella, and, you know, how he didn't have a ring, so he gave her the toy from the crane machine at the arcade, and Lillian Marshall, you know, think it was sweet and romantic, and... (laughs) Robin keeps coming back with a line. A little cheesy. (laughs) But in the movie... Um, he, he, they're at the arcade, sort of like they were in mm-hmm. real life, and he begrudgingly, or the Ted Mosley character, begru- I'm sorry, Jed Mosley, now I'm doing it. <laughs> the Jed Mosley character begrudgingly tells her that, fine, he'll marry her if it'll shut her up. Now, this would be, in normal world, a time for her to be like, okay, never mind, and walk away, but right. this version of Stella is a real doormat for some reason. Right, and the whole time, like, he's playing, or he's, you know, doing this racing arcade game. He's not even looking at her. She wants to know if he's going to give her a ring. Nope, and Dewsville, baby doll, here, put this on your finger. And he takes a toy away from uh, what we 
find out is little Billy, one <laughs> of uh, the... Well, he's, Tony's students. Yeah, in a karate gi. And remember the two-minute date? Well, that's a response to, in the movie, her asking about their big romantic weekend. Jed said, no can Deuceville baby doll. All I got time for is a two-minute date, if you know what I mean. Sex. And, and then he takes t- off his belt and, and falls, falls over. over. Whoa. <laughs> and again, her face and the audience goes, aww. Right. Marshall points out that if you know what you're doing, two minutes is all you need. Lily says, run, tell dad. <laughs> and they do one of their sex high fives. <laughs> now, maybe they are a much better couple than us because <laughs> Jen and I were watching the Steelers play last night. They actually beat Tampa Bay in a shocking upset. Woo-hoo! And whenever we tried to high five... <laughs> When they did something good, we like it was. We had to like redo it several times. We were sitting too close together. That was the problem. Yeah, that was it. And we were looking. They are doing a. Play. I know. I was just thinking that. All right. So the worst part of to Ted is the ending. And we cut to the movie. They're on the altar, and the priest says, "You know, Stella, take, do you take Jed Mosley to be our lawfully wedded husband?" And then Marshall, whoa, whoa, whoa! Spoilers is what I would say if I ever. And not seeing such an awful film. Continue. And then he like tries covers to discreetly covers his ears. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Tony enters in his karate gi with the same kid, Billy. And then, you know, t- we, we get a, a great Chris Kattan. Tony! <laughs> right. And Tony gives a little speech. You know. That includes the words, the wedding bride in it. <laughs> right. Basically saying, you know, he let her get away. And now she's with some jerk who doesn't appreciate her. And the audience is like, oh, Ted goes, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> you can't talk to me like that. I'm Ted Mosley. Did he say Ted that time? <laughs> and he gets shushed by, by uh, uh, Royce. <laughs> right. So Tony and Stella get back together. The priest encourages them to kiss. Oh, go on, honey. Kiss him. Which is actually what the neighbor of Ted's is saying to him and Stella when oh, they're yeah. talking out in the hallway. Oh, so clearly after they were like broken up and clearly yeah. nothing was going to happen. Yeah, so uh, clearly Stella told Tony about that as well, <laughs> which made its way into the movie. I didn't catch that good one. And then the the wedding audience is saying, "Kiss him, kiss him," and chanting. <laughs> right. Um, Tony asks Stella if she will be his wedding bride. Candusville baby doll. <laughs> Another Jed Mosley tantrum. No, no, no. Stop that. Daddy! <laughs> and his dad's in the audience. and Shrugs? They, yeah. They go to the dad. He just shrugs. <laughs> and then the karate student, Billy, kicks him in the nuts. Take that, Ted Mosby. <laughs> Ted. Okay, he definitely said it that time. Royce didn't pick up on that one either. <laughs> Royce loved this movie. Yeah, and you can see Ted's face. He's just steaming as Royce is... Mm-hmm. is you know, crooning on about how great it was. I'm laughing, I'm crying. Didn't they seem like real characters? It was so real. How come you said I don't know when the movie started? <laughs> like, out of all the things he said, that's the one she picked up. <laughs> <laughs> and then a big trunk appears next to Ted that says, left at the altar, so that's his baggage. Right. So yeah, now he's realizing, oh yeah, it's not the, it's just the baggage I'm looking for and... Her, yeah, I got my own. Lily thinks... They're back on McLaren's. Yeah, yes. Lily thinks Ted should just be honest about what happened, you know, thinks it's going to come out eventually. Robin points out that it's now the fifth highest grossing movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ted doesn't care. He, it's a stupid movie anyway. Everyone agrees. They're never going to go see it, and then we cut to them at the theater. <laughs> right. Although I don't think Marshall's there. I think it was just Barney, Lily, and Robin. Yeah, I think you're right. So poor Marshall. He was the one that really wanted to see it. 
Yeah, do we find out if he saw it? He maybe they went on one of the times he said he couldn't go, but I'm sure he got he to see did, it. He did because he was like, they made me go. Yeah, so they might have gone and seen it several times. We do see Barney there at least a second time, <laughs> right. but we'll get there. <laughs> so we cut into a scene of the movie where Tony's there with Ted or Jed rather, and he's he's telling Jed, "Don't worry, I won't go to the wedding." And Tony, uh, Jed says. Oh, no, you'll go all right. I'm going to drive you there myself and make you watch. Now, why would Tony go? Do we, do we know if he got a ride with he did. Jed? Because because it was his weekend with Lucy, and he wasn't going to let her go. So no, 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 no. In real life, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in the, mo- in the TV show, real right. life. No, but it, Jed said he's going to make Tony go with him, mm-hmm. which we know Ted gave Tony a ride in right. real life to the wedding. But in this case... They're acting like Tony comes in last minute, right? I so was I guess he say didn't go. With, I guess he didn't go with Jed, yeah, because he's still back at the dojo with right. Billy, talking about how he's going to go stop this. Yeah. And then apparently he, he takes Billy with him. <laughs> so as right. Jed, as Jed is saying this, that he's going to make him go. Billy comes up with nunchucks. <laughs> Billy, no, the, the code. code. <laughs> Is this like a Karate Kid thing, or <laughs> no? Okay. It's just just a silly <laughs> something that that would be that would be talked about in a. Karate dojo as we we live by a code kind of thing. It just sounds very karate schoolish. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Barney. <laughs> this is exactly how it happened. He got every part right, even the thing with the nunchucks. <laughs> yeah, just the delivery of the line. The line's good enough on its own, but then the way he delivers it, even the thing with the nunchucks. And so this is exactly how it happened. Is the opposite thing of Ted saying they got everything wrong, right? Oh my and gosh. Barty says, This is exactly how I have it. He got every part right. And no one no one disagrees there with <laughs> Barty as they're watching. No. So Ted's trying to you know, just put this behind him, and then him and Royce go on a double date, I guess, with some of her friends. Yeah, and it turns into an immediate wedding bride fanfare <laughs> right. about how much they loved it, they want to go see it again. They want Ted to go see it too. He reluctantly agrees. And agrees that it was good. Good. Uh, Try instant classic. Yeah, and Royce says, the only thing that I didn't get is why would she be with this guy, Jed Mosley? Such a minor flaw in an otherwise flawless film. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Her friend says, come on, you've dated a few Jed Mosleys in your day. (laughs) He's such a type of the butterfly tattoo, the way he pronounces encyclopedia. So what's a type? I mean... I don't know. That's not really a type. No. Throwaway line. Yeah. It gets it, it allows them to tell us that the butterfly tattoo and him saying encyclopedia were in the movie. Right, exactly. <laughs> Ted. Totally, totally. All right, well, technically that is the correct way to pronounce it. Right. No one's paying attention to him. No, Royce keeps going. So happy when that loser got left at the altar. What about when he got beat up by a goat? <laughs> what a loser. But then they like really dig in. You know, he had it coming. He's going to live a long, sad life knowing he lost his only chance at happiness. Yeah, so Ted starts hysterically agreeing with them and then launches into a rant. I mean, in his face, like, <laughs> again, just like just such great acting on Josh Radner's part where he just looks so like stressed out and mad. Yeah, he's talking about how humiliating this was for this character and... He's acting like it's a funny thing, sarcastically. What if he never fully loves or trusts anyone ever again? That's hysterical. Move over, Adolf Hitler. There's a new king of comedy. 
<laughs> Royce catches on that he's not being truthful here, wants to know if he's okay. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, I just think he might be interested to learn something about that movie y'all love so much. And you think if it is their first time seeing it, maybe he's going to reveal that this was about him, but it was all right. a lie. But says, he goes, it sucks. And you're all <laughs> stupid for liking it. Such a good lie. <laughs> yeah, so, so childish. Like, he doesn't have anything better to offer there. Royce wants him to apologize. And he just strolls away with, no can do'sville, baby doll. No can do'sville. <laughs> yeah, even that, that hesitation between do's and ville at the end. <laughs> Lily, you said no can do'sville, baby doll? Yeah, Marshall points out the use the catchphrase. The actual they're, Ted Mosley catchphrase. Yeah, they're at the apartment now. Then Ted realizes, how do you know that's his catchphrase? But everybody just kind of answers all at once. Ted decided he's going to move to a country where no one's seen the wedding bride. Good luck, it's worldwide. And then we get a second North Korea Kim Jong-il riding on a horse joke. Right. I think the first time she said it is when she was referring to her... It gets better ratings than her. Yeah, that's right, from... Her new, I can't remember if it was her new job, the one she has now. Yeah, it was one, one of her one of her New York shows. Right. So then Marshall launches into a speech, saying that Ted's not screwed. You want to know why he's nice to everyone? Because he doesn't care about baggage. And he goes on and on with this, and he says, you know who I learned all that from? A guy called Ted Mosby. This is just, none of this makes sense. No, I mean... And Ted, he certainly didn't learn that from Ted. No. I mean, Marshall... Definitely came in that way from Minnesota. Right. I feel um, like Ted was. This is my least favorite line. Deeply cynical. Although they they sort of needed this to pump Ted up to get back in the game here, and as Ted's you know standing up like I'm still that guy. He's like standing up and he's looking off in the distance, like very dramatically. <laughs> I also want to point out that I like that they're constantly playing the theme song, the theme music from Love Actually. In this. Oh, are they? Yeah. I didn't catch During that. all the romantic scenes, when he's running down the street. Oh. It's all love, actually. Huh. Okay. All right. Marshall, I think you want to go out there and get that girl. I do want to go out there and get that girl. Because she's the love of your life. Because she... Well, okay, look. We've been on three dates. She seems nice. Because she seems nice. <laughs> she does seem nice. So Ted knows where he's going to find her. She knows she's going to be at the movie theater. And this is where we get, like, the symmetry of what's going on in the movie. Yeah, so it's cutting between real life and the movie, and it's making exact parallels between the end of the movie and the real actions of Ted. So it starts off with both Ted running down the street to get to the movie theater and Tony running to the... um, Wedding venue? Yeah. So this is where, you know, Tony, Tony was at the dojo, and the wedding's 15 minutes, he'll never make it. But Billy says, you can do it, Sensei. Go give love a roundhouse kick right in the heart. And so Tony runs out. And we cut to the minister, do you, Stella? Take Jed Mosley to be your lawfully wedded husband. And we get Jed right. Mosley, like, you know, she's kind of hesitating a little bit. And him, like, gesticulating, like, all right, come on, move it along. Yeah. And we get a nice run of Ted running into the theater yelling Royce and Tony yelling Stella at the Wedding, Royce yelling Ted, Stella yelling Tony in the movie, and then Jed yelling Tony, and then Barney in the theater yelling Ted. Ted? <laughs> Ted. Barney? And Barney just like loudly <laughs> slurps his drink. Just like the 7 Eleven or the convenience store teller in, uh, in season one. Yeah. And that Thanksgiving episode. And it works again. 
<laughs> Still funny. All right, so I think you and I could do this simultaneously. Okay, who do you want to be? I will be Tony, and you be Ted. Something I need to say. Something I need to say. A long long time time ago, ago, I let let a horrible girl girl named Stella Stella break my heart. And now now she's she's with with some jerk jerk who who wrote a movie about it. And that movie. In this beautiful wedding wedding bride. bride. All right, then we. (laughs) Not as smooth as it was in the movie. You want to try it again? No. Okay. (laughs) I don't think we're going to be better. So. Stella wants to know what's going on. What is he saying? And Jed says, you can't talk to me like that. I'm, I'm Jed Mosley. And the, they that's say that a good at the same time. Cut, yeah, with Ted and Tony saying it at the same Or Ted, Tony and... Ah, Ted and Jed saying it at the same time. So Ted's saying, this doofus in the red cowboy boots, this isn't me. <laughs> Barney. <laughs> Just to be clear, are you saying you don't have a pair of red cowboy boots in your closet? Barney, what... And Barney wants an answer here. Well, actually, they're more of a burgundy. And Royce, or, yeah, Royce actually laughs at this. And, and Stella, Royce, I promise, I promise to make you my wife. And I'd like to live up to that promise. Ted, all I've wanted all my life was, some was pancakes. your love. <laughs> and then we have, go on, honey, kiss him. And Barney says it also. Kiss except, him. Kiss except him. For, except Uncle Barney didn't say kiss. And he goes on, kiss him, kiss, still not saying kiss. So we can easily replace fuck in for kiss based on what follows. Right. The usher comes rushing in. Yeah, you have to leave now. This is outrageous. Who the, who the kiss are you? <laughs> All right. So we won't try and keep doing the in unison. But Royce agrees to let him make her some pancake. Pancakes. Answers with Ken Doosville, baby doll. And then we have another tantrum from Jed. No, 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 stop doing that. (laughs) Barney's walking out. Kiss this. Kissing movie's over anyway. And then spills some guy's popcorn on purpose on his way out. (laughs) Makes quite an exit. So then Ted and Royce are outside of the theater, and he says, you know, this... What happened to him was pretty rough. He's still getting over, and she sweetly offers, let me help you with that, and then helps him pick up his trunk... Of so, baggage, yeah, and they the walk away together. So, I feel like I'm lost in the timeline. Was season five, like, this all happened in season five, right? No, it was season four. It was season four. Yeah, okay. season five started off really with the um, Barney-Robin story. So that all happened in season five. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Then they end up back at the apartment. Ted and Royce are on his couch. And he's feeling glad that he can open up to her. She said it's not a big deal. And she's been left with the altar three times. Last time because she blew all her money on online poker. And as she's talking, like, more and more trunks come down with left at the altar. And then two more. Bam, bam. And then gambling addiction. And she's living with her brother in the studio apartment. And her brother hogs the covers. And then a big, huge one flies behind the couch. Shares bed with her brother. Ted, yeah, you gotta go. <laughs> Really great button on the scene. Like they don't right. they don't always stick the landing like that. But right. that, that, that was, was a very really good, good ending. Okay, where uh, do you think great episode. I ranked this? Oh, no question. Number two. Number two. You got it, baby's doll. Yes. So before we get into our worst and best jokes, we have now officially completed the top ten. Yes, we have. So I'm gonna review 
the top 10 for everyone. Number 10, spoiler alert, with all the broken glass. <laughs> right. Number 9, Rivadierci Fierro with a road trip. Number 8, Sorry Bro with Karen, and then aptly followed up by number 7, The Front Porch. Oh, yeah. Number 6 is Jenkins. Number 5, Little Boys. 4 is Sandcastles in the Sand. 3, Everything Must Go. Two, The Wedding Bride, and once again, number one, Dosa Tripla. Excellent top ten. I would put that up against just about any other show's top ten episodes. Did you make a top ten for Seinfeld? I did. I've already gone over it mm. on this podcast. Well, we've been doing this podcast for, like, literal years. Well, several years ago, I went over it. <laughs> well, I don't remember. Who the kiss are you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, favorite joke. Oh, boy. Tough one. I... Can I cheat and just say the whole (laughs) interspersed scene at the end? Just the... You're saying the the in unison uh, gimmick that they had? You know what? No. I'm going to change that. So mine is, while you're thinking, either even the thing with the nunchucks. (laughs) Right. I think that's probably it. That one's very good. Yeah, I think all of Barney's stuff in this like last scene at the movie theater. There's a couple things at the beginning that really made me laugh. But yeah, the mag- major baggage is always a good one. Um, but okay, if I have to pick out one line, I think it's going to be the. Have you ever seen you walk down the street? I don't even know how to answer that. That one made me laugh a lot. I think my least favorite is Marshall's speech about why he's like this. Mine was Ted telling Hitler to move over because there's a new king of comedy. I kind of like that line. <laughs> I like the way he delivered it. Didn't make a lot of sense. No need to reference Hitler in my sitcoms. Hmm. I'm trying to see. There was one more that was like right up there that uh, I mentioned. A good joke? That I loved. Yeah, I thought I picked up. Maybe it was Barney sipping the soda. Right. Or maybe it was the daddy. And then his dad's reaction to it. <laughs> oh, it's so tough in this episode. It really is. So many good things. The inclusion of the red cowboy boots. Okay, yeah, I'm going to land on nunchucks, but I think I had the, the other one I had as a big contender was Barney going, this is outrageous. Who the kiss are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, folks, that's it. That is the best it's going to get. <laughs> Keep might listening as, anyway. You might as well stop listening now. That's the opposite of what I just said. <laughs> so we still have a 12 out there, a 32, 35, 38, 49, 54, 66. There's still a lot of top 100s to come. And season six isn't bad. Season six is pretty good. At least tune in for that. <laughs> so are you actively discouraging people from listening to the no. podcast from here on out? <laughs> So that's all we have. Thanks for tuning in once again. Be sure to write to us, please, at runklerecaps at gmail.com. And good night. And we'll be back next week for the season finale of season five. I do know that it's when they Barney pretends to be the last doppelganger. Oh. And Ted dyes his hair blonde. <laughs> yes. So the stuff with Ted's really good. The stuff with Uh, Barney's so-so. Yeah, I feel like I don't remember liking that stuff very much.
But yeah, the Ted, <laughs> them convincing Ted to dye his hair blonde is pretty funny from what yeah. I remember. It's a good um, mental telepathy scene <laughs> yes. for all of them. <laughs> all right, folks, until next week. Bye. Bye.